0: China and the United States have been engaged in a trade war for more than a year. The two nations have alternated in a tit-for-tat, placing escalating tariffs on goods imported from the opposite country. Yet over the past week, this commercial war between two of the world's economic superpowers seems to have entered a new phase, and the American and Chinese economies are showing signs of slowing. Many governments and companies had hoped that these signs of economic weakness would push President Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping to make a deal. Instead, over the past week, we've seen some conflicting statements from Trump about his trade war strategy and new tariffs from China. Among those tweets was an extraordinary edict from the President of the United States. Trump wrote that he hereby ordered U.S. businesses to move out of China. At that point, many of you reached out to ask me the very question, can he do that? So can a president order American companies to do as he wishes? How might Trump make it harder for companies to do business in China? And has a slowdown of American business there actually worked to bring China to the bargaining table? This is Can He Do That? a podcast that explores the powers and limitations of the American presidency. I'm Allison Michaels. I asked The Post's global business reporter, Gene Whelan, to walk me through both the U.S. and Chinese positions in this escalating trade war between two of the world's economic superpowers.
1: The U.S. had long complained that China had used unfair trade tactics, that it was stealing America's intellectual property, that it was unfairly subsidizing its own companies, uh, that it was blocking U.S. companies from entering the Chinese market. And President Trump finally said, we're going to start imposing tariffs on products that we import from China. China retaliated by doing the same, by tariffing U.S. products as they entered China. And we kept going back and forth like that. And at the same time, Both sides were also holding talks, trying to come to to some resolution that would end the the tit-for-tat tariffing. The U.S. side complains that China hasn't really agreed to change its ways. It hasn't really agreed to stop some of the non-market practices that it has been carrying out for years. Apparently, the U.S. doesn't feel China has agreed to enough changes to, to really resolve the problem.
0: Okay, so all of that escalation brought us to this past week, where on Friday, the day started with China announcing that it would impose new tariffs on $75 billion in goods beginning this fall. What does that mean at this point for China to impose this level of new tariffs? What tangible changes might those new tariffs bring?
1: It just means that an even greater number of U.S. products become more expensive for mm-hmm. Chinese importers to buy. And so that that leads Chinese importers to look for other sources of those products to try to buy the same products from France or Brazil or wherever else. So it theoretically means that we will export less to China, which harms our exporters.
0: Almost like a game of chicken, just tariff from each direction. <laughs>
1: that, that's right, and and we are very close to running out if we haven't already. I don't. I don't I'm not sure that there is anything left for us to tariff. I, I think President Trump has now announced tariffs against everything that we import from China. Not, not all of those tariffs have actually taken effect yet, but he has announced tariffs, I'm pretty sure, against all of the goods that we import from China. And I think the Chinese are close to, if not already, having exhausted the same
0: So did he exhaust that on Friday when he said he would raise the rate of existing and planned tariffs on China by five percentage points? Was that sort of the last move?
1: That was him raising the rates even higher on tariffs he had already announced, I believe. So that wasn't announcing tariffs on new products. It was just raising them higher on already announced tariffs.
0: So he at this point can still go higher on the tariffs that he has put in place, but he cannot put tariffs on new products. I believe that is right, yes. Okay. So... Is that a fairly standard escalation in a trade war like this? I don't know if this is a standard trade war I don't, to begin
1: with. I don't think there's much about this that is standard. First right. of all, it's the world's two biggest economies fighting with each other for more than a year now. I'm not sure that there's a lot of precedent for that and certainly not a lot of precedent for this kind of extreme tariffing and feuding outside of normal channels where this stuff normally gets resolved, like the World Trade Organization. So this kind of bilateral trade war among economies this large, I think, might might be unprecedented. It's certainly extremely unusual.
0: And then generally speaking, what are the risks of that unprecedented and unusual interactions?
1: One risk for the U.S. side is that China will find other sources of, say, soybeans and some of the other big products that that it does buy from the U.S. One of our major exports to China is agricultural goods and China has been trying to step up its soybean purchases from Brazil it's trying to grow more of its own soybeans maybe buy more from places like Ukraine so potentially China could diversify its its agricultural purchases away from the US permanently which would which would hurt our farmers who have come to rely on exports to China um and
0: it already is to some degree.
1: Uh, it hurting us it, farmers. Yes it is. Yes it is. That China has has diversified away and from US purchases. So yes, that has contributed to many problems that the American farmers are facing at the moment including flooding and and other issues. And the same goes for China. You know, our US importers could decide that it's getting too expensive to import goods from China and look to buy those things elsewhere. And some of that's already happening. Some U.S. companies that import parts or products from China in order to sell them here, like you know, a U.S. electronics company that makes its widgets in China because labor there has been cheaper for a long time. Some of those companies are now saying, okay, in order to import my widgets, it's now costing me 10% or 25% more because of these tariffs. I'm going to move that production to Vietnam to you know, get myself out from under these tariffs, so I don't have to pay the tariffs anymore. So some U.S. companies are shifting their manufacturing out of China, which which can hurt China certainly. Unfortunately, most of those jobs are not coming back to the U.S. They're going to other low cost, you know, where the where the labor is cheap um, locations like Vietnam the Philippines, Indonesia, places like that.
0: So that's an interesting point, because just last Friday, Trump encouraged American companies to seek out places other than China with whom to do business. He tweeted specifically on Friday... Our great American companies are hereby ordered to immediately start looking for an alternative to China, including bringing your companies home and making your products in the USA. I want to talk a little bit about answering a pretty core can-he-do-that question there, but are you suggesting that many of these companies that might move away from China might not necessarily come to the United States?
1: Yes, that is so far definitely true. I mean, I, I only know that anecdotally. I'm not sure that anyone really has great data on that yet, but certainly from the companies I have talked to From the industry associations I've talked to and from what I've read in other publications, there are quite a few anecdotal examples now of companies shifting to places like Vietnam, the Philippines, Bangladesh, Indonesia, uh, Mexico, but not really examples that I've seen of them bringing those jobs back home.
0: Let's talk about Trump's hereby ordering companies to do this. He tweeted that, as I read before, and it seems like first and foremost, the question that statement raises is, does the White House have the authority to tell companies where to do business?
1: It's a very good question. And as soon as that tweet came out, most people just laughed and said, oh, you know, he had, the president can't do that. We're not a command economy where the government runs everything. We're a free market economy and, mm-hmm. and businesses call their own shots within reason. Of course, we do have regulation. Companies can't just do whatever they want. But generally, we don't have an economy that is run by the government. So most people in- initially just laughed that off. Now, it, some did say, and, and the president himself later tweeted this, that he does have the International Emergency Economic Powers Act at his disposal. And that law does give him some ability to control sort of international flows of money, but uh, it, some would argue not necessarily really to order companies out of China.
0: So can you explain a little bit more about how that law works? Basically, the president of the United States would have to declare the country in a state of emergency in order to be able to control how companies are doing business?
1: Yeah. So generally, in order to use the IEEPA, the U.S. needs to first declare a state of emergency. It needs to declare that there is some economic emergency at stake. And then the president is allowed to employ the law. And generally, the U.S. has used the law in the past as a way to issue sanctions against hostile regimes. So we've used it to put sanctions on Iran and Venezuela and Russia. So mostly it has been used for that effect in order to sanction foreign countries. It, it has not, to my knowledge, been used to try to dictate where American companies can physically do business. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it.
0: We've covered a lot on this show before how the president, under a state of emergency, has a lot of unilateral power. But does Congress have any power to act against an emergency declaration by the president?
1: It does. So one lawyer I spoke to said that Congress could disagree with the emergency declaration and effectively overturn it if it wanted to. So Congress does have the power to terminate the declaration if it wishes. So, you know, the president does have to answer to Congress on this. And the emergency declaration, according to this lawyer, would also not give the president the authority to order companies to rip out all of their factories and investments in China. It would give him the authority to limit future transactions with China. And another lawyer also told me that if the president did try to use the act to Affect companies' investments in China. That would probably face a lot of legal challenges from companies because it's it's a quite a rare use of the law, and and some would argue an, an inappropriate use of the law.
0: So the president has decided to tweet that he hereby orders something. Must they write up an executive order or take other action outside of Twitter to make this real?
1: In order to declare a state of emergency, he, there would need to be some you know binding document issued, mm-hmm. and <laughs> that a tweet alone does not suffice. And again, Congress would have the power to terminate that declaration if it's so desired. So it, just the mere fact of him ordering something on Twitter does not make it so.
0: Okay. So if not by emergency or by ordering this on Twitter, are there other ways Trump can make it harder for companies to do business in China?
1: Yes, that's a very good point. And he can, and he already has. By putting tariffs on things, he could raise tariffs even higher to make it even more expensive for companies to remain in China. So a company like Apple, which produces a lot of its goods in China, iPhones, laptops. The higher tariffs go on those products, the less profitable it is for Apple to make things in China, and it could serve as an impetus for Apple to to move elsewhere, although Apple is a special case because it is particularly deeply ingrained in the Chinese manufacturing system. But yes, so he could raise tariffs even higher. He could make life difficult in other ways for companies. We've seen him tweet negative things about companies, and his tweets lead to boycotts of those companies or they just lead to a three or four day PR scandal for the company that the the company has to mop up. One trade expert said theoretically the president could try to cut companies out of federal procurement deals, you know, they wouldn't be able to sell things to the federal government if they didn't move their manufacturing out of China, although that would probably also face legal challenges. So there are there are definitely tools that he has at his disposal to make life difficult for companies.
0: China is a market that US manufacturers have, as you've mentioned, spent sort of years cultivating. How much are they interested in cutting themselves off from China and finding alternatives outside of these tariffs, right? Before these tariffs, how interested were American companies in finding places to invest outside of China?
1: I think increasingly companies now see China as being more risky. It, they see that the US and China are on. kind of collision course at the moment. That China is seen as a rising power. The U.S. is seen as a maybe holding its place, maybe declining power. And most people assume that the U.S. and China will be in some form of economic conflict for the foreseeable future. Whether it's quite as heated as it has been under Trump is hard to say, but there will be some confrontation most likely because China is trying to unseat the U.S. as the world's largest economy. So I think some U.S. companies are increasingly seeing that as a problem. They initially saw China as a great source of skilled, low-cost labor. Now they see these political risks in being there. They also see that labor costs have gone up in China as more people are employed and demanding higher wages. China isn't as cheap as it used to be. So there are some forces that are causing companies to think about moving
0: So multinational production outside of China is possible for a lot of these companies.
1: It it is, yes. And in in fact, some had already been moving. So industries that require or, or at least claim to require very low cost labor in order to sell their products very cheaply, things like apparel, had already started moving to Bangladesh and Vietnam. Footwear makers, same thing. Um, and now we see some light electronics moving out of China as well to these other Southeast Asian countries. So so it is happening.
0: So then publicly, how are American businesses and trade groups and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce reacting to Trump's tweet?
1: Many called for calm and said they can't just move in the blink of an eye. It takes a long time. They said that, you know, their indus- their companies had been making efforts to diversify their production away from China but that many companies are deeply ingrained there and you can't just you can't just leave overnight many have have called for the president to remain calm and and to not take these sort of rash decisions trump himself did later on over the weekend a few days after tweeting that backtrack and and suggest that he wasn't going to pursue this order after all because talks with China, he said, had taken a turn for the better and he was no longer going to to require this.
0: Right. He even suggested that maybe he regretted raising the tariffs to the extent that he had.
1: He did. There was a whole mini saga about that where he did say that he regretted the escalation of the trade war. But then the next day, his spokesperson said the only thing he regrets is not raising the tariffs higher. So there was a lot of, yes, a lot of confusion.
0: Okay, so that's sort of how things have gone on at home but Trump has been in France at the Group of Seven meeting with major world leaders since this escalation, since this most recent escalation. How have the latest developments in this trade war been met at the G7 by other world leaders?
1: I think all of the world leaders there communicated to him that they would like to see things calm down. Boris Johnson, the new British prime minister, said that publicly. He said mm-hmm. that we we in general favor trade peace, not trade wars, because the the trade war has caused problems elsewhere that China's it has contributed to China's economy not growing as quickly as it might have otherwise that has hurt Germany which sends a lot of Mercedes and BMWs and industrial equipment to China so Germany's economy is now looking like it might slip into recession not only for that reason but but China's slowdown and the US trade wars role in China's slowdown is is one reason why Germany's economy is suffering so all of the G7 leaders have, have tried to, to ask Trump to to cool it. But, but at the same time, they all also agree with the U.S. position that, that China has not played fair on the world stage in trade. Um, that is a very widely held belief among Western leaders. And this is also one of the few areas where Trump does have allies mm-hmm. among our traditional European allies. They, in some ways, are glad that he has taken a lead in fighting back against China because they feel China hasn't been fair to them either.
0: Even though the escalation is leading to some harm to their economies.
1: Exactly. Even though the escalation is leading to some harm to their economies. And I think most of those countries would agree it's hard to balance standing up against China with not rocking the boat so much that you hurt the global economy. That's a very hard balancing act.
0: Just to touch on this a little bit, does Trump work with China in any of his private businesses? And is he planning on pulling those businesses out of China?
1: He, His Trump organization, which he still owns, he doesn't run it at the moment, his sons do, but he still owns it, has made certainly in recent years lots of its tchotchkes in China, so coffee mugs and hats and things like that. And One of our reporters went over to the shop at the D.C. Trump Hotel the other day, and and sure enough, there were still plenty of items there that said made in China. Mm -hmm. We did ask the Trump organization if he planned to adhere to his own order and move his production out of China, but they didn't respond.
0: Just to wrap all this up, we're essentially in a standoff at this point in the trade war with China, and Trump is facing pressure globally to stabilize the, the global economy. How might the U.S. and China find their way out of this? Is there an end in sight?
1: Boy, if I knew that, I would probably like go invest some money in something and retire. I I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I think both sides have gotten themselves into a pretty nasty dispute. Neither one really wants to give ground. It's, It's really hard to know how this will resolve itself because I think a lot of trade experts would say even if China agrees to some reforms, it's not at all assured that they will stick to those the U.S. and Chinese economies are run in a very fundamentally very different manner. And whether they can ever really be compatible, I think, is is the big question underlying a lot of this friction.
0: It's worth noting that after this conflict rose to what was somewhat of a boiling point this week, China did say it wasn't looking to escalate the trade war any further. And from that, markets responded positively. So, on the one hand, that's potentially good news. But on the other hand, there is this possibility of an upcoming recession in the U.S. economy. Might a recession change things for the trade war, at least for Trump?
1: That's a very good question. I think certainly Trump has pegged his reelection prospects on the message that he has overseen a healthy economy. So if things start to really go south, that could encourage him to compromise and make a deal faster if he felt that a deal would help the U.S. economy rebound. Um, but that's, that's a little hard to say.
0: Yeah. OK, well, on the note that we can't predict the future, we will wrap this up. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're welcome. This has been another episode of Can He Do That? This week's Can He Do That? question emerged largely from messages and tweets that I got from you. So please keep sending them my way, and we'll keep answering your questions. Thanks so much for listening. Can He Do That? is a team effort here at The Post. It's produced by the enthusiastic Carol Alderman, with design help by Kat Rudell-Brooks, logo art from Loren Boglio, and theme music by Ted Muldoon.